0: What did Winnie the Pooh say to Jerry Maguire? What? Show me the honey.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's funny.
0: What does Winnie the Pooh, I guess it would be what do Winnie the Pooh and Jabba the Hutt have in common? Ooh, what? The same middle name. <laughs> what does Pooh wear to bed? What? Poohjamas?
1: Pooh wears more clothes, watching these movies, Pooh wears more clothes to sleep than he does during the day.
0: It's real. What does Pooh walk on? What? His bare feet. (laughs) What does Winnie the Pooh say when he's offered dessert? What? No thanks, I'm stuffed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One more. Make it a good one. (laughs)
0: This is a lot of pressure now. (laughs) What's Pooh's dad's job? What? He's a policeman.
1: Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus where everything is honey. This is the <laughs> podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. Heather is not here right now. She's on assignment tracking down heffalumps and woozles. We hope she comes <laughs> back alive and well. Or we'll just have to find a new producer. It's okay. Cheers. Today we wanted to have a short discussion about the Winnie the Pooh franchise. Grace and I just recently went and saw Christopher Robin, which we will get to at the end of the discussion, burying the lead, and we, I I think it was my choice when I initially made the bracket to exclude Winnie the Pooh altogether, because there's not really a plot
0: to them. Yeah, I remember one of the Poohs was in for a while, and then we decided to swap out like we could either have both poos in or both of them had to be out yeah i don't remember what got in instead
1: we let in um nightmare before christmas and a goofy movie instead oh, of okay. both winnie the poos yeah because yeah, there's not really a villain in winnie the pooh there's not that much of like a through line and we'll get to that in a second but
0: yeah the yeah, The backson is totally a villain. <laughs> I mean,
1: the Backson doesn't really show up that much. You just don't get to see the Backson. If anybody's a villain, it's Rabbit. That guy's just a jerk.
0: He is. So Tori and I both watched the 1977 production and the 2011 production of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And then we both saw Christopher Robin as well.
1: Do we want to talk about what we thought, like just did we like the film and then we'll did save it for general. the end okay we'll save it for the end
0: yeah
1: but yeah winnie the pooh uh brief history on winnie the pooh for those of you who have been living under a rock or you know just have a very sheltered existence um winnie the pooh is, is a british set of stories written by author a.a a. milne it was uh, a collection of stories about a Character named Winnie the Pooh, who is a stuffed bear. Um, The first book came out in 1926, titled Winnie the Pooh, and then it was followed by The House at Pooh Corner in 1928. Um, The character of Winnie the Pooh was based on a teddy bear owned by his son, Christopher Robin Milne, who is obviously the basis for the character Christopher Robin. The other characters in the story were uh, based on Christopher Robin's other toys, Piglet, Eeyore, Kanga, Rue, and Tigger. And then Milne, from his imagination, created the characters of Owl and Rabbit. And uh, Gopher, who shows up briefly in the 1997 movie, was created by Disney as an American surrogate when they brought it over just gonna read this straight from wikipedia right quick uh christopher robin milne named his toy bear after winnie a canadian black bear he often saw at the london zoo and Pooh after a swan that they met while on holiday the (laughs) bear cub was purchased from a hunter for twenty dollars by the by canadian lieutenant harry colburn colborn sorry in White River, Ontario, Canada, while en route to England during the First World War. Then he named the bear Winnie after Winnipeg, Manitoba, where the bear was adopted. And uh, the bear was surreptitiously brought to England and and became the mascot for uh, the regiment that Colborne was in. And Colborne left Winnie at the London Zoo while they were in France and then was later donated to the zoo after Winnie had become an attraction, a popular attraction with people. So mm. that's where Winnie and the Pooh comes from. Mm. Where Disney comes in, Walt Disney became uh, aware of Winnie the Pooh because his daughters, his two daughters, were read the story stories when they were growing up by uh, their, the wife.
0: I never considered that there would be a Mrs. Disney.
1: Yeah. Walt had to have Yeah, he had kids.
0: Yeah, never crossed my mind. <laughs> he
1: he's he he just reproduced by himself. He,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> he drew them into existence. Yeah, he would notice how like how much his daughters enjoyed the the stories and like he enjoyed the stories himself and he like how much his daughters loved them and he said I want to give, you know, other kids this joy too. So he visited, just like with Mary Poppins, if you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, he visited the, uh, the author and gained the rights to Winnie the Pooh and set to work on making Winnie the Pooh into an, anim- into an animated feature. But first he started off with making them shorts because he said by the time we do a full-length feature we want there to be genuine love for these characters already. So people will actually get up and go see the animated feature.
0: I liked that. Um, so we watched a video on YouTube about kind of how Wayne the Pooh came to be. And the people involved in storyboarding and animating so that they got 75 or 80% through storyboarding Winnie the Pooh as a feature and then had a giant meeting and Disney was like, actually, we're going to cut this up. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of created more work for him and no one really understood why until he laid it out that they needed to build a fan base for this storyline.
1: And I think that's, that was really a smart idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause
1: true. I mean, it's kind of like he, I'll throw this reference out there. Like it's kind of, he avengered his way into, you know, the <laughs> movie. But yeah, the three featurettes were uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, released in uh, 1966, 68, and 74 respectively, and it was uh, directed by John Lonesbury, who directed The Rescuers, and Wolfgang Reitherman, who directed 101 Dalmatians and the Jungle Book. With music by Buddy Baker and uh, the Sherman Brothers. And uh, another bit of trivia about this is... uh, It was the last film to have any personal involvement from Walt Disney. After the blustery day, I think, was when Walt died. Because he never got to see
0: it. Yeah, I thought it was right before it was released. Yeah. So what did you think of the two?
1: Of this one? I just want to talk about this one first before we get into the 2011. I... I like this one. I'm not a, I I admit, I'm not a tremendous Winnie the Pooh fan. I think I love him as much as I love, you know, uh, I wanted to save this for later, but I think Pooh is one of the, one of those characters that is instantly recognizable. He's one of those pop culture characters that is very transcendent. And I kind of liken him to uh, obviously Mickey Mouse, Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. He's, he's one of those one of those timeless characters. Like let's let's just pick one. Let's pick Big Bird. Big Bird is pretty timeless because there's nothing um too specific about him.
0: Yeah, I yeah I do. So I have definitely seen the Winnie the Pooh movies before. I'm sad that I sat down and watched them both again today. And I was bored. I was bored. And also for this one, the 1977 version, I really think it would have been better as several smaller episodes instead of one hour and 20 minute. I think it's about that long. I
1: think it's like hour 10, but yeah.
0: Yeah. There are several storylines in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, quite honestly, I didn't find any of them terribly compelling um yeah and the later one well we can talk about the later one a bit yeah
1: i agree with you about how it was um it's kind of boring um yeah. i think the lack of a through line is what gets me because yeah. it's like it's, it's clearly segmented but i do appreciate how they stay very true to the fact that yes this is a book this is based on a book and that is
0: a really unique way of storytelling
1: yeah it's a good framing device because they use the book heavily like Mm -hmm. they weave like they it's it's kind of it's very i'll call it i won't call it meta but it's very fourth wall breaking because there's a narrator and they're using the book as their frame yeah like when there's when something when it's raining uh like the pages will get washed out and they'll use mm-hmm. the words and Taker says i j- almost jumped out of the book and gopher i didn't get this line until um i watched it the second time he says i'm not in the book but i'm at your service because gopher literally was not in the original book mm-hmm. and he's not in the phone book so yeah i love that play on that what is that triple entendre, Double entendre. Thing, yeah
0: there were several songs that I really liked from mm-hmm. this one. Um, I really like Up Down Touch the Ground. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really silly. And then I'm just a little black rain cloud. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like from I'm just gonna cover myself in mud and use a balloon and float up and I'm a rain cloud and the bees are gonna leave me. So it's it's just so silly. And then I really like the song. I think it's I think mm-hmm. it's a cool song.
1: I I I agree with you that it the the segmentedness kind of makes the story drag a little bit, but you have to admit like the dialogue it's just like you said it's so silly, mm-hmm. and you just kind of there are a lot of times where I'm just like I'm I'm listening like I'm listening but nothing's like sticking yeah but someone will say something so incredibly silly I'll just like start giggling like it, it makes you smile all the time yeah like pooh's interaction with himself basically he's mm-hmm. like what was it like his 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 exercises
0: yeah the exercises the um when he's keeping guard yes um, yeah things like that very silly mm-hmm.
1: and uh like tigger the 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 character i think what makes winnie the pooh endearing is the characters and what they bring not so much the stories themselves, because mm-hmm. there are you know there are iconic moments like Pooh with the balloon, Tigger pouncing on anybody, it's
0: Eeyore, it's losing, his Eeyore yeah.
1: losing his tail, Eeyore losing his tail, Rabbit spazzing about anything, the Tigger song,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just and then the the Winnie the Pooh song itself. These these moments are just so iconic that you know we forgive. Wow, this movie's kind of boring, but. Oh, this, this moment right here is so yeah. great. The voice cast in this, uh, Winnie the Pooh was voiced originally by Sterling Holloway, who was also the voice of the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland. Paul Winchell was the voice of Tigger. And I didn't know this. He was the voice of Gargamel in the Smurfs, a non-Disney property. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gargamel's the bad guy in the Smurfs, for those of our listeners who have never watched the Smurfs before. And then Sebastian Cabot was the narrator, who was the voice of Bagheera in the Jungle Book. And when I watched, uh, when I read that, I was like, "Wait, oh. wait, oh yeah, that is him." Apart from that, like I said, I agree with you that it's kind of boring. The segments themselves work, but together, yeah. it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really flow that well, in my opinion. Yeah. The ending, though, with uh, like with Christopher Robin saying goodbye and everything, it's super sweet.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i i do like the ending let's move on to 2011 because i kind of want to go back to that
1: okay uh 2011 winnie the pooh was directed by Stephen and Stephen j anderson who also directed meet the robinsons and don hall who was a co-director on big hero 6 and moana with music by henry jackman and christopher willis and songs by the duo of Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez of Frozen fame, and uh, there was a song written by Zoe Deschanel, who was who's the lead character on New Girl. Um, she's an elf. She's in uh, Fifty Fifty, not Fifty Fifty. Sorry, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Got my Joseph Gordon Levitt movies mixed up. <laughs> it's the fifty first fifty first animated feature from Disney. It's also the last hand-drawn animated film from Disney.
0: Oh? I liked that there were some things from this that tied in really nicely to the 1977 version of Winnie the Pooh, but there were also some new like it's new stories. You're just taking these characters that you already know mm-hmm. and leaning on that. So I liked that. Um, this was a pretty movie. it was it's very. Stylistically true to poo. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's one. That's, that's two. That's two,
1: actually. That's two.
0: Um, true to poo. Uh. Um, <laughs> there were soundtracks. There were a couple songs in this one that I liked as well. Get You Tiggerized. I like that one. When Tigger is turning Eeyore into a Tigger.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I thought it was cute.
1: I liked the Baxson song.
0: The Baxson song was good. And then at the end, when fairly predictable, Owl is like, oh, Baxson sounds like Baxson. Huh.
1: <laughs> Something I didn't send you was when I sent you the featurette, for the, the behind the scenes for The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. For this one, I was looking for the same thing. But all I found were like clips, like behind the scene clips of all the voice actors recording Mm -hmm. and number one i'm super upset that nobody that voice actors don't record together that much anymore Mm -hmm. because it's like yay it's jim cummings in a room by himself singing Mm -hmm. to a track let me go let me go through the voice actors before i finish that thought uh jim cummings was the voice of Pooh and of tigger uh he's you know he's a legendary voice actor he was in aladdin and he was ray in princess and the frog Mm mm-hmm Bud Lucky was the voice of Eeyore, uh, who was also the voice of Agent Dicker in The Incredibles. Tom Kinney was the voice of Rabbit, who is also SpongeBob in SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez, who, did, who was, did some of the songs for the movie, was also the voice of Kanga. Craig Ferguson, who is famous for How to Train Your Dragon, was the voice of Owl. And the narrator this time was John Cleese, who, I didn't know this, he's also nearly headless Nick in the Harry Potter movies. Uh-huh. So, back to my thought, the voice actors, the video just had the voice actors in the rooms by themselves just singing to the track. hmm And it was great to hear the voices and hear, like, their inflections and different takes and everything. Yeah. But, but it was super sad to not see them interacting with each other. Yeah. But I appreciate their, their skill that they don't need... You know, each other to have, you know, great performances.
0: I feel like you would get so much more out of it if you were recording two people.
1: Oh, yeah. You know like that? with Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Uh, John Goodman and Billy Crystal recorded together. That's why Mike and Sully have such great rapport.
0: Yeah, like there's a, a level of chemistry that I feel like you just don't get. But
1: yeah. Interesting. What did you think of this one?
0: I liked it slightly more. It's still not quite. As engaging as I want it to be. I, Mm -hmm. and I'll talk about this a little bit when we get to the Christopher Robin movie. Like, I don't know that this would have captivated my attention as a kid.
1: As a kid? Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it barely captivated my attention (laughs) now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were you one of those kids that, like, you needed highbrow concepts to carry your attention?
0: I don't know about that, but I'm trying to think about the movies that I really liked as a kid Um, Finding Nemo. Well, that came out when I was older, Pre-teen. but <laughs> when I was young, like I loved Aladdin and Lion King and Nightmare Before Christmas, and
1: yeah, those are more plot-heavy too. Yeah, and, and like we said, neither of these are they're, they're very heavy on plot. They're they're like they're like older Disney movies where there are segments, and there's a segment and a segment and a segment, and there's kind of a a thin through line. Yeah there's like one character that is the constant throughout the story and that's what you're supposed to follow.
0: There is one thing. So I typically when I'm reading or watching TV or movies, I don't care for stories that have where I don't like the characters. Mm-hmm. If I don't like the characters, then most of the time I won't enjoy it um, or don't even want to watch it. And this might be a connection to that. Like I, for the most part, I don't like the characters who is just simple. He's very simple. He's a bear of very little brains. He's a bear of very little brains. And Piglet's whole story is about his anxiety. And Ear's whole story is about his depression. And Rabbit's whole story is about being a super type A controlling personality.
1: And Tigger's hyperactive.
0: Tigger's hyperactive. So really, like, this is a sociological dream. But... But, like, that doesn't make me want to watch it. I don't, mm. I don't want to watch Crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. The characters are very, like, they're, they're, they're zany. Like, they are geared towards, I feel like they're super geared towards hyperactive children because a good chunk of them are manic mm-hmm. or anxious or hyperactive. And then the others are just low-key, um, simple characters that yeah. aren't that dynamic. I I think Pooh is probably the most... he's I would say he's probably the most interesting, because like, everything's happening around him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, like, Tigger and Eeyore have their own thing. Like, they have their own little segment where Eeyore is being turned into a Tigger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then everyone else is just trying to catch the Baxim. The Baxim. I kind of like this one a little bit more than... Actually, I like the plot of this one more like there was more of a plot like the the biggest through line is we're trying to find eeyore's tail Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then christopher robin would know what to do to find eeyore's tail oh christopher robin's been taken by a baxin and then at the very end christopher robin comes in and saves the day Mm -hmm. and then to wrap this all up Pooh finds eeyore's tail it's kind of like a simpsons episode a little bit yeah because simpsons episodes kind of at the beginning they start with something that's completely off topic from the rest of the story and there's a small b plot and then that ties it all together yeah and then everything gets tied together at the end with a little bow on it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i think that's kind of i think that might have been what i give it credit for
0: is resolution
1: yeah but this is a this is technically a sequel this is a only the third in-house sequel that Disney did, after um, the Rescuers and Fantasia, which hardly counts.
0: Yeah, Fantasia doesn't count.
1: Yeah, but yeah, this is a this is technically a sequel to the '77 movie, and it took longer than The Incredibles two. <laughs>
0: Do you want to move on to Christopher Robin?
1: Before we get to that, I wanted to briefly talk about pooh's pop culture stuff okay because in researching all this poo knowledge i did a lot of searching about poo <laughs> um <Poo. laughs>
0: Tori's all about the poo he's got details
1: <laughs> i have poo details poo. in doing research i found out that this is disney's well run down my list winnie the pooh is the second highest selling disney character after mickey mouse i believe that yeah it's totally believable um and winnie the pooh as a whole is disney's third best-selling franchise after the princess line and star wars analysts believe that winnie the pooh annually accounts for about three to six billion of disney's 25 billion dollar a year a year sales Jeez. and even recently like sales dropped of like movie movie sales and music sales and books and plush toys and potty training chairs still dropped to about 5.5 billion dollars for one character and in that Winnie the Pooh has had a comic book series, six movies, five short films, two animated series, two live action series, four TV specials, nine direct-to-video movies, nine video games, two albums, and two theme park rides at Disneyland and at Tokyo Disney. Holy shit.
0: That's nuts.
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, I didn't know that, I forgot that, apart from the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh twenty eleven and Christopher Robin, like Tigger Tigger got a movie, Piglet got a movie, and then there was Pooh's half a lump movie. Like I forgot <laughs> that all of those were actually in theaters. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like Winnie the Pooh is probably the only like apart from, you know, the Sesame Street Muppets, Winnie the Pooh's pretty timeless along with, you know, Looney Tunes and that's really it. The Sesame Street Muppets, Winnie the Pooh, and the Looney Tunes. I can't really think of anything else that is can transcend the way that Winnie the Pooh has. And the Looney Tunes are kind of a stretch because not that many kids are watching Looney Tunes anymore.
0: Aww. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's interesting because like, I just don't think of... I remember going to Disney a long time ago and being like shopping around to figure out what I wanted my prize to be. I wanted a prize. I was trying oh. to figure out what my prize was gonna be and I became fixated on the Pooh Bear, the stuffed Pooh Bear. And like I'm not even, I'm not a big fan of Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely something along the lines of Mickey Mouse. Like I love Disney, but I'm not a big fan of Mickey Mouse.
1: I the only thing I can think of like that kids have like you know how there was Tickle Me Elmo?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There was um, the, t- like, Bounce Around Tigger that, you know, was, I remember kind, of, that. Yeah, it was kind of the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I don't think I had a, I didn't have a Pooh Bear. I think I may have had a friend who had a Pooh Bear. I can't remember. But, like, the only other thing, like, Pooh's Love of Honey, when me and Heather were living in Minnesota, mm-hmm. I remember going to Walmart and they had, like, the little jars of honey uh-huh. that were shaped like Winnie the Pooh. Like, they had mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh honey and of course i got it because <laughs> if winnie the pooh is on the bottle it has to be good honey that's funny like winnie the pooh wouldn't steer me wrong as far as honey goes <laughs> and i can't get them down here in texas and it's sad
0: this is why the internet exists
1: yeah i don't want to import fake actually. poo honey yeah if i went to disney though i would probably get like i would try to get like a honey jar that just you could to, like, put keep... other honey in well, I was thinking cookies, but that also makes <laughs> sense. Cause it'd be so hard to. But you
0: would never put honey in a jar.
1: You're right. I mean, you'd have to keep that in like the cupboard or something. But well, that's what poo does. But it'd be so hard to refill that and clean that, cause like you don't want to just you'd like, end keep up wasting honey, honey. Yeah, it would yeah. be very seasoned. Yeah, I don't know if you can age honey. Can't
0: you I don't think you'd want to age honey. <laughs>
1: This honey's been aged for a hundred years.
0: I think that's called moonshine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Someone put that in the comments. Can you age honey and, and is aged honey just moonshine? Someone put that in the comments.
0: And moving on.
1: There was also a uh, a Soviet Union ad- adaptation of Winnie the Pooh. There, I watched their equivalent to Winnie the Pooh and The Blustery Day. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much the same thing. Like, I appreciate that they were faithful to the to the source material. Like, no one takes the source material and just goes completely off the rails. Yeah. Like, even with all of Disney stuff, they kind of stay within, you know, the confines of what A.A. A. Milne originally said, or what he originally wrote. Yeah, they have so much respect for the source material, and it's what I guess they're also saying. What would Walt do? Like Walt wouldn't have pissed on the source material, the way some people do with other. Is is this public domain?
0: No, because it's owned it's still, by Disney.
1: Still okay. So okay, so Disney just owns it. If you want to do out something else, you'd have to get either the rights from Disney or from the Milner Estate. Okay, it wasn't bad. It's just, it was Vindy Poo. You pronounce the W like a V. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Poo. It just wasn't drawn as well. It's from like the 70s. So do you want to get into Christopher Robin now?
0: Yes. Okay. So I saw Christopher Robin before Tori. Ha ha ha. I, that like never happens. Nope. Sure doesn't. Um, Christopher Robin was directed by Mark Forrester who directed Finding Neverland. Um, It stars Ian McGregor, Hayley Atwell, Jim Cummings, and Brad Garrett. Um, I thought this was boring. I I was in the movies, and there were at least half a dozen kids in the movies, and I was surprised that they were as captivated as they were. Because this movie is an hour and a half long, is that right? Just about a little bit over. I think it's maybe an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. And about the first hour or so, I'm just like, there's not much happening. I like the idea. I like the concept that we're following uh, an adult Christopher Robin and the Pooh characters kind of in the same timeline, but on two different sides of the wall. And then they meet and they go forward. And so it doesn't really get interesting to me until Pooh and Christopher Robin run into each other. And then it becomes slightly more interesting. But yeah, I just, I, I thought it was kind of, blah, kind of bland. Um, I did like, um, and I, I feel like I would notice more of these uh, through lines if I watch Christopher Robin now after having just watched both Winnie The Poohs. But there's so many story points. Not even the whole through line. Not even the whole, like, main story. But there are all of these little kind of tendrils off the storyline that happens in the first two movies. And I thought that was kind of a cool throwback. Um,
1: uh, I'm yeah, trying to yeah. think.
0: So, like, the stretching sequence, that song is in Christopher Robin. Um,
1: Oh, yeah, when Pooh wakes up, he does that. He does do his his stoutness exercises.
0: Yeah, the goodbye at the end of... Is it 1977's? Yes. Uh, That is taken straight from the older version and put into Christopher Robin. And there there are small little bits of that throughout the whole movie. And I think that's pretty cool. That's a nice... It's paying homage to the history of it um, Mm -hmm. while still telling a new story. But, yeah, I just... I wasn't... It just wasn't that drawn in.
1: I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I won't say it was, like, the best thing that I've ever seen. I will say that there were some parts that dragged for me. Um, But I think once the movie got going, like, once once Pooh shows up in London, that's when everything takes off. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we got to like the beginning of the movie when it's you know young Christopher Robin, like the beginning of the the beginning of the movie is basically the end of the nineteen nineteen seventy seven version yeah, they have a party saying bye to Christopher Robin, and then Pooh and Christopher Robin go off and say their goodbyes, and then basically hook happens mm-hmm. like Christopher Robin grows up and forgets everything, and well almost forgets everything but yeah i i enjoyed the movie because i think ewan mcgregor plays this so ewan mcgregor was great in this movie he was he was so um i can i was thinking about it i compare this performance to michael Caine and the muppet christmas carol because you're playing against such childlike things and things that like if you, if you saw these things in real life, you would think this is absolutely silly. Yeah. But he plays it so realistically.
0: Yeah. But he also understands, I, I think, he understands how odd it would be for anyone else to see these people in real life. Um, mm-hmm. Or to see these characters in real life. And so he responds appropriately. He knows it's a big deal and is trying to cover it up. And Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I have his acting was great
1: there was a scene when i think when like i this is when i was i was completely sold on his performance was when uh eeyore is floating along and he's like i'm about to go over the waterfall Hmm. and christopher robin jumps in to try and save him and he like holds his nose and he jumps in and he only goes like a foot in and he's like oh yeah this is a lot bigger when i was younger and then he laughs uh-huh. it was like the most realistic it looked i mean he's maybe he was just acting but it looks so realistic and like it was so believable and i'm like okay he is having fun yeah he's having fun being this grown character with these childish things and it it just i was i was on board from then on
0: Yeah, and up until that moment, he was stressed about it. He was stressed to have these characters back in in his life, and he was still thinking about all the things that he had to do in his regular life.
1: And this was right after he had, you know, had his shouting fit at Pooh, and he had almost drowned in the whatever that hole was. Mm -hmm. He had his whole, like, his vision quest in the hole.
0: Yes. (laughs) Vision quest, yes. That's Um, basically what it was. And that pit... I didn't realize until just now, but that pit was from when they tried to catch the Hufflepuffs and Woozles from the first time from the movies in the past. The scene where Christopher Robin gets upset because Pooh can't work a compass and they're going in circles. That happened in one of the previous movies. Yeah, Um, There's so
1: many throwbacks to the movies mm -hmm. that like you can watch, you can watch all three of these movies back to back.
0: Yeah.
1: And it would kind of make I wouldn't, sense.
0: I wouldn't suggest that, but yeah, you could. No, you should. yeah,
1: definitely. When I watched the first two, I had to watch uh, the 1977 one, take like a three-hour break, do some stuff, and then I watched the 2011 one at the end of the day. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Showing my hand a little bit.
0: Um, I just, I I did it all right in a row, and it was a little, it was a little boring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But back to uh, Christopher Robin, um, I do like the look of the characters, like the way these these characters moved. It was very realistic. I've heard people compare it to Ted, the Seth MacFarlane movie. Yeah, how it, it just looks it looked so believable that you know Pooh was walking around like when Pooh first gets into the house and he's eating the honey, and then he's walking around with. You know, honey on, on his feet. He's like, you know, the rug is sticky because he just walked through honey.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he puts the honey on Christopher Robin's face. Like, there's so much visual effects work in this that looks just so good.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Haley Atwell. <laughs> I was thinking, like, oh, Haley Atwell married another guy who goes off to World War II. Headcanon. Haley Atwell is just Peggy Carter in this. And she just married Christopher Robin when Captain America got frozen in ice. (laughs) But I feel like she's kind of wasted in the film. Like, she has maybe one good moment. The whole thing where uh, he comes home and she's like, we never see you anymore. Like, that's really her one good scene. Mm -hmm. And that's really it. She's kind of reactionary the rest of the time because she's either looking for Madeline or she's trying to come to grips with the characters that are going on she's really just kind of something for you and mcgregor to bounce off with as a character but she doesn't really do all that yeah she's
0: not all that present she doesn't have all that many lines um she does have that one pointed scene when she catches him at the vacation home Mm -hmm. and he's trying to hide poo from everyone um but
1: trying to hide poo (laughs) last one i swear
0: um is it (laughs) though is it
1: i loved jim cummings and uh brad garrett's performance Mm -hmm. they're really the two they really have the most to do because i mean jim cummings is Pooh and tigger and then eeyore is really he's very self-referential to Mm -hmm. the whole thing and i really enjoy that he's so glum and uh well as Eeyore's character he's so glum and he calls out pretty much everything that's around yeah I think I think Eeyore is probably my favorite character of the bunch
0: yeah I think so
1: he's such a manic depressive character but he's very self-aware yeah like when his house gets destroyed he's like I'll get started but it'll <laughs> probably get destroyed again anyway
0: <laughs> yeah uh I will agree with you that I think he's probably my favorite, but again, not someone that I want to watch for an extended period of time.
1: Yeah, Jim Cummings. I did get to meet him. He's a great guy. He 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 looks like Winnie the Pooh, kind of.
0: He does kind of. You have a picture, right?
1: Yeah, it's on my Facebook.
0: Yeah, he does kind of look.
1: But he is a he is a sweet dude. I think he did the voice. Did he do the voice for me? Yeah, he did the he did the Pooh voice. I think, um, still talking about the movie, I enjoyed the, um, the score, because we always have to talk about music. Um, the score, there are a lot of times, like when Christopher Robin is like walking past old things from his childhood, you'll hear cues from the Winnie the Pooh theme. And mm-hmm. like whenever, it's like a superhero theme. Like whenever something you know cool is about to happen, you'll hear the theme. And they worked it in so well. Like right before... Um Right before Pooh shows up, like right when you know everything's going wrong and his family's left for the country and they're about to go back to Pooh, Christopher, oh, I remember what it was. When he finds out that his daughter has been looking at his old drawings mm-hmm.
0: of,
1: of all his friends and everything. That's when they weave the the, theme, the in. Pooh
0: theme.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, oh, something's about to happen. And then they go to the hundred acre wood with Pooh looking at the door. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard someone on um, another podcast talk about it. They do um, a gladiator shot, like with Pooh walking through the um, walking through the woods, and he's like running his paw over grass,
0: uh-huh.
1: and it's a great fucking shot.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: an amazing shot, and it's like, did they just do gladiator just... in in <laughs> the in a Christopher Robin movie? What <laughs> the hell? But. I think my the thing that I liked the most was the way everything looked. Like, the 100-acre wood, it wasn't... It looked real, but it didn't look as... I mean, the 100-acre wood was ne- never really, like, whimsical. It just looked like the woods.
0: Yeah, I liked... Th- that's something that they did very well, is that um, moving between the two, between London and the 100-acre wood, was seamless. It mm-hmm. doesn't look like... Uh, Christopher Robin is out of place and it also doesn't look like Pooh's out of place.
1: Yes, the whole thing looks dour
0: Yeah, and so I think that's that's an impressive like I I would love to hear those conversations do we make this an animated world that uh, Christopher Robin is in or do we make Pooh an actual bear or how do we make this sustainable and I think I think you're right in that it was already set up pretty naturally um, mm-hmm. That it was already drawn, pretty much to life. It wasn't the forest itself wasn't super characterized.
1: Yeah, the Hundred Acre Wood has never been a character itself. It's always just been the environment where the people live. Mm-hmm. I mean, and in the in the two animated movies that we saw, we never really saw a We never saw a Wuzzle. Um, I think the Baxen is a is like a character in uh, an after credit scene But like, there's never really any outside forces It's just, or the bees We only see bees really That's yeah. that's really the only outside force that we see But outside of that It's always just been the characters and their imagination And I mean I like that they kept that, that constant Like the, war, the 100-acre wood is just another place just like London
0: mm-hmm.
1: And that's the way it looked uh, and then the story itself it's nothing special Like the story itself isn't special it's you know it's just like hook it's just like um mary poppins christopher robin he's forgotten his family it's just like it is in the trailer when when we saw the trailer i think we spoke about it once uh in a bracket episode uh christopher robin uh, has forgotten how to you know be a part of his family and how to have fun and Winnie the Pooh shows up and reminds him, "Hey, this is who you are. This is who you were. This is who you could be again."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I liked about, I like about how like Winnie the Pooh being so naive and such a blunt and honest character. There are a lot of times where uh, Christopher Robin says, "Madeline's probably the most important thing in my life," and he says, "Oh, well, why isn't she in your important things briefcase?" And it's like, <laughs> oh, oh shit, he got you there. Oh. Yeah. And there's just a lot of moments like that where Winnie the Pooh will say something and it's like, uh, 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 oh, he's right. Called
0: out from the box. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's not really Winnie the Pooh trying to be cheeky or, you know, he's not trying to say something that's poignant or super significant. He's mm-hmm. just being himself. He's yeah. just being super. Um, he's a very honest and naive character. And... Yeah, the movie kind of highlights that and plays off of, he plays off of a character like Christopher Robin, who's a workaholic, who isn't a family man and should be. And I think it it, it works. It's not, it, they don't invent the wheel, but
0: mm-hmm. they make
1: a very nice wheel. That's what I think.
0: <laughs> they can make a very nice wheel. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or they make a very nice tire. Is that what I'm trying to say? You get what I'm trying to say. I think Madeline was okay.
0: Yeah, I liked that Madeline was part of it and was brought into the... Like, Madeline got to meet all of the Pooh characters. I thought that was good. And I liked that they went back to the Hundred Acre Wood after the fact.
1: Something I thought was funny while I was sitting in the theater, uh, at the very end, not getting too much into the plot of the movie, basically Christopher Robin can't go with his family because he has to decide at his company how to basically make he's making budget cuts and he's like we have to do this or people are going to lose their jobs basically and he's like okay i don't want people to lose the jobs so how do i stop this from happening and his solution is basically christopher robin's solution is basically to create paid vacations yeah and my thing is wait is this legit like did is that- so who, who created Paid Vacation? And was it someone named Christopher Robin? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a... In it and, and looking it up, it was actually, uh, I think Henry Ford basically did that in America.
0: Was it to save money or to bump the economy?
1: He just wanted people to drive more. Hmm. But, I mean, outside of the, the core conflict of Christopher Robin and, and Pooh and their drama... My biggest issue was, like, the the plot with um, his boss mm-hmm. being a dick basically the entire time. Like, you can see that coming.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it, it ha- it's necessary for, you know, the boss to be a jerk. So Christopher Robin can be like, crap, I have to do this. Yeah. At the beginning where he's a clueless father. mm mm-hmm. um, I feel like it was a little much. I feel like they could have done that better. Yeah. I feel like they could have picked one or the other. Like he could have been. I feel like he should have been a Mister Banks, uh, a workaholic, who, like, didn't like his kids having fun. He was a workaholic who was fine with his daughter having fun, but like halfway through, she he like didn't know how to have fun with her. They they kind of undercooked the meat
0: there. I no. I think that's fine. I think it's. It's real, and he's trying to find ways to connect to his daughter that are still um, relevant, and he just hasn't spent enough time, and so she's moved on, and I, that to me that doesn't bother me at all.
1: I do like the part where he was. She wanted him to read Treasure Island. Like, mm-hmm. Let's read about British history, and I'm like, oh snap, oh oh no, yeah, swing and a miss.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I have to talk about the moment where I almost cried.
0: Oh man. Okay.
1: Yeah, there was the moment where. Um, Shoot, let me find the quote in uh from my M D B. Uh where was it? I found it last night. It's right after Christopher Robin saves everyone from the Heffalump
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: goes to find Pooh and he basically apologizes to Pooh and the line is, I'm not the person I used to be and Wayne of the Pooh says, You saved us, you're a hero and I'm not a hero, Pooh. The fact is I'm lost. And Pooh says, But I found you <laughs> And that's when I that's when I was like Oh snap, right in uh, the feels Because it's it's stuff like that Where Winnie the Pooh isn't trying to be He's not trying to say um,
0: He's not making a double entendre Because he knows what a double entendre is Or yeah. even knows that it has a dual meaning
1: Yeah, he's yeah. just like Wait, how can you be lost when you're right here? I found you, you're right here And it's the it's the sentimentality Of what he's saying And the fact that he doesn't understand What he's saying is sentimental That's mm-hmm. what gets me just like all the what was the other one where uh, the very end where he's like, how old will I be you'll be 99
0: yeah
1: it's like stuff like that I'm a sentimental I'll be, I'm, I'm gonna be that guy when I'm older I'm just like, oh everything gets me <laughs> but yeah yeah uh what would you give it like out of out of 10 do you want to do out of 10 or do you want to do like a letter grade?
0: Six, seven, I'd say a B minus.
1: Okay. I'd say I'd give it a solid B. I think this is a really good movie for like it's not a kids movie, it's a family movie. Cause there aren't, you know, fart jokes, thank God. There there were no fart jokes. Like, <laughs> that's really low hanging fruit. But yeah, it's a it's a family movie that I think kids can enjoy by themselves, parents can enjoy with their kids. Uh and kind of in the same vein of, like, maybe Finding Dory or um, The Jungle Book. Uh, like, there's nothing really... It's, it's very silly comedy. It's not, you know, raunchy, dirty comedy mm-hmm. or dirty kid humor. There's a little bit of slapstick, like, when the characters get flung mm-hmm. into the car or... You know stuff like that, but it's it's very it's it's not lowbrow. It's, it's very middlebrow. Yeah, middlebrow yeah. middle comedy.
0: It's not too sophisticated, but it's also not um, it's not dumb humor.
1: But yeah, I I recommend it. I would moderately recommend it.
0: Meh, nah, that's what I feel. All right. Uh... So drunk Disney. Drunk Disney. Tori came up with a pretty awesome drunk Disney. Um, I would go see it. If it, like if someone really wanted to see this movie I would go see mm-hmm. it and do this um,
1: I think I think this apply to not only Christopher Robin but all the other all movies of the other ones well. yeah mm-hmm.
0: um, drunk Disney rule number one drink anytime someone says poo or bear drink anytime someone says honey or honey is seen are we including all spellings I would think so yes okay and number three drink anytime someone says Christopher Robin I feel like you would probably just be fine with, like, maybe one, like, maybe pick two of these, and I think you'd be just fine.
1: I think, Uh I think if you, anytime honey is seen, because, like, in some of the, it's it's funny, in some of the media, like, honey is spelled H-U-N-N-Y. Uh-huh. So we have to accept, like, all spellings of honey.
0: Yeah, there's H-U-N-Y, H-U-N-N-Y, H-U-N-E-Y.
1: Yeah,
0: H O N Y, H O N N Y.
1: Yeah. So, cause, cause, Pooh can't spell. Cause Christopher Robin can't spell. Yeah. But yeah, I think that'd be a pretty decent drunken Disney for either of these movies. <laughs> so yeah, that's our review of Christopher Robin and our discussion of the Winnie the Pooh franchise. Uh, which do you think would win would win in a bracket? Which uh the 77 one or the 2011
0: one I think 2011 probably I think okay. yeah that's my thought
1: I think I like the voice cast of uh, see I would pick, I would have to pick and choose like I would keep Jim Cumming but I think keep him as Pooh but take Paul Winchell as Tigger mm-hmm. and then I would take Brad Garrett as Eeyore because I loved his Eeyore in this I wish I had Brad Garrett's deep voice be awesome
0: off topic yeah
1: <laughs> That's totally on topic
0: um
1: you can find disney versus on facebook at facebook.com slash disney versus and on twitter at disney vs remember to rate review and subscribe to us on itunes give us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing if you give us a five star review and leave a comment on uh, either Facebook or iTunes, we will read it on air. Um, you can also follow us on Google Play Music where you can give us
0: four out of three honeypots.
1: Love it. We will be back with another bracket episode. We're almost done with round three.
0: Oh my gosh. Schedules are. We're almost crazy. to two years.
1: Yes. We will wrap this up by the end of the year. I almost promise. But we have that to do. We have Wreck-It Ralph coming out in November. Hopefully we can get to Ralph Breaks the Internet.
0: Yes.
1: Because we have to talk about all the princesses in that movie and Mm -hmm. why they are all in that movie and if they are actually important. I bet they're like five minutes of the movie, to tell you the truth.
0: I hope not. I think we'll do better than that. Have faith, Tori. Have faith.
1: I don't know. I feel like it'll be a glorified cameo. Um, I don't think there are any other live action movies coming out that we can talk about between uh, now and the end of the year as always thanks for listening and we will see you guys next episode
0: Yay! Friend, Goodbye. and kanga and little roo there's rabbit and piglet and there's cow but most of all we the pooh Will it up boom? Winnie-down-pooh, Tubby little cubby, all stuffed with fluffies, we need it up boom, wheel-y-dum-pooh, will nearly silly, old bear. Will it up boom? Will it up boom? Tubby little cubby all stuffed with fluffies. When it up boom, we need it up boom, will he dearly silly?